Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, episode 214. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Jason, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, you know, just hanging in there. Apparently, Cook County now has the most uh, COVID cases in the country in one area, so that's wonderful. Congratulations. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) so just trying to stay safe and have my mask on and use gloves when I'm when I'm out at certain places and just trying to stay safe like you are, you know? Absolutely. And if you would like to go and find out more information about that stuff, I'm sure Jay, uh, every once in a while on Twitter, will uh, let you guys know about that, at WorkshootPod. Uh, Jay, uh, you know, I'm sure that you'll talk about that and a whole lot more, you know, also I guess on our Facebook group and uh you know, if you want to follow us, you can do it that way. You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitch, uh, Stitcher, Stitch, Jesus. Stitcher, Spotify, leave a review, five stars on iTunes. Uh, check us out our uh, Facebook pages, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. So yeah, check us out. We'll be going. We'll be pro- if we watch the pay per view next week, we'll be, which we probably will. We'll be live tweeting it. So. Just look out for that. I tried to live tweet a little bit yesterday, but I didn't want to like get anything spoiled for me. So, so yeah, we're trying to be active as much on Twitter as possible. Check us out. Absolutely. Uh, second episode of the week. Uh, if you missed it, you know, you go back and listen to episode two thirteen when we uh, spoke quite a bit about the Becky Lynch situation. Um, Jay, before we talk about Thursday's, uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday's topic of the uh, Wednesday wars. Any more thoughts about Becky Lynch or anything from uh, the pay-per-view or anything else? Yeah, so I watched the interview with Asuka on The Bump. I, got, I don't know if this is like a, their daily show. I don't really know what The Bump is, uh, WWE's thing. Um, and, I, you know, Asuka spoke about it. And it was, it was I, I don't know, I just really like Asuka. She seems like a really, like, sweet, nice person. Um but she spoke in Japanese, and obviously, and they subtitled her. That's so I good. wonder if possibly they will do that more on when she's on Raw. Because listen, she's great in her kind of crazy, goofy, yelling in Japanese character. But like, she's the champion now, so she's gonna have to put over feud. She's gonna have to put over wrestlers. She's gonna have to put herself over. How does she do that? Not having a great knowledge of the language. Uh, NXT booked her amazingly, and I don't expect the WWE to do the, you know the main roster to do the same. They haven't in her the years she's been on there. So I wonder if we see more, you know, if we see her be more serious, if we if we see more like subtitles with her and in, in their build, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her. Yeah, I, I think the bump is their digital like daily uh, or every couple of days show where they give a chance for I guess their performers and you know they don't call them wrestlers I guess superstars to try to get themselves over and I guess try to get some of their uh, news out I guess they went and for NXT this past week they went and tried to get people to tune in to let them know that there was going to be a big announcement which turned to be uh, the return of in your house takeover on I think it's June uh, June 7th which we'll get into uh, momentarily but and I think that's a good way to try to get a little bit news out there to not scoop, but try to get a little bit more stuff out for the people who are more digitally, you know, internet inclined. 
especially, well, especially now with everybody being at home. Right? Absolutely. So even if you're working from home, you're still on Twitter, or you're still, you know, messing around. So then you'll still see kind of things that are going on, you know, so. You know, I think it's a smart way to get, and, and it's, it's unfortunate that the idea when you said the bump, I think that, I think I know what that is. I don't know how well that is working compared to more established like, sites like, you know, F4W and ProWrestling.net and, you know, a lot of these yeah, other but, sites. But, yeah, but the bump is also at a low, low price for free. And how much, you know, we're, we're marks, right? I mean, we're, we're another, another level. Um, for more casual fans, you know, the bump might be a little bit more uh, of, a, of a thing. So yeah. It's just something that should be on the WWE Network. That's, you know, you know, most likely, but... Yeah, but, I mean, you think about it, it's like, I mean, we don't need to get in this whole conversation. No, sure, absolutely. No, whatever. Yeah. But I think, you know, Twitter is how we get a lot... I mean, we are, we do a lot of stuff on Twitter, so we put a lot of our information. What's How are people going to get information quicker? Us doing an hour-long podcast on Thursdays or us live-tweeting Raw and me putting Sami Zayn over as a bump machine? You know what I mean? Like, people are going to get that information faster. So however they put it out, they put it out. Um, I, you know, we, we could talk about what they've done with the network all day, but oh, no, sure. I, I think the bump's a, a, a nice little vehicle to put some guys over and, you know, get some different characters out there. I think Otis has been on there like a bunch, not that I've seen it, but I've, I've noticed he's been on there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, speaking of you, you mentioned his name a moment ago, you know, let's start with Sami Zayn. So apparently Sami Zayn is at least initially, I think was hurt. And he had some sort of, I guess, uh, surgery, a small surgery. I don't know what it was for. And I don't know if he's still in Canada, and he hasn't been able to come back. So they decided, unlike when, you know, Brock Lesnar once wrestles once every, you know, four months, they decided to strip him of the title when nobody well, really I, cares I, well, about the I IC want, title. Well, I want to just correct you there. I don't think it was that he couldn't come back. I mean, Rhea Ripley went to Australia. I, I think it was his decision no, oh, not I, to come back. Yeah, I think it was his decision. And I think that also could be a factor in them strip. I don't know. But it was, I think it was his decision, like Roman Reigns made a decision. Now, I don't know if Sami Zayn has any underlying conditions or what have you, but he did make the, you know, the choice, you know, testing to not show up, and they stripped him of the title. Yeah, but here's, here's the big problem with this, and I, I think you agree with me, is the idea that unless, unless all the information that's come out is, is BS, and I'm, I'm hoping it's not because we have a lot of you know, relevant sources that we been able to believe, especially ones who may or may not officially work for the company. Uh, talking about you, Ryan Satin here. Uh, the idea that... Hey, hey, we may need to have him. We may have him on at some point. We won't well, bury the guy. We won't bury him fully then. Uh, the, the idea that Vince McMahon said that anyone who does not feel comfortable coming into doing these shows mm -hmm. will not, you know, be punished or lose their push. Uh, so then... You don't feel comfortable coming, you're not going to lose your push, but you don't feel comfortable coming because of a pandemic, but you're going to lose your title for a title that is never pushed and nobody cares about within the company, the IC title. But we're, we're removing it. It's one well, thing well, when you're, okay, hold on well, a second, when you're one thing when you're Jordan Devlin and you're across the pond and you can't get here and you still need to go and push stories because it's one of the titles on your show, NXT, and you're trying okay, to push so a division. Can push stories with the IC title? How often is the IC title even used? I mean, Braun Strowman. I mean, it's been a bigger part of the show. Brian fought for it with Sami Zayn. You know, Nakamura had it for. I mean, it's a secondary title, but it's still a title. Okay, but hold and on a still, second. And it's still an excuse for them to have matches. Hold on. They bro. need to tell stories. We can't see Leon Ruff lose every week. 
You know, we need to tell some stories. We need to have some some jazz on the show. SmackDown's almost unwatchable, right? Now you have an IC tournament, put some guys over, have another chance to get another guy over. This coronavirus is not going away, folks. Like, it's not going anywhere. Now, will the WWE smarten up and do testing like AEW is? I don't know. I think that's how you could have some of these guys come back. But for now, they're doing what they're doing, where they're taking temperatures and trying to keep things very sanitary. Um, but, I mean, he might not be back for a long time. So it kind of makes sense to strip him of the title. You know, um, but, but don't you think you give this thing a little bit of time? I mean, yes, in theory, this thing is going on. How much time are going to give it? I mean, this, this coronavirus is not going. They're talking about this going into the fall. The Fauci test. I mean, it's a mess, right? This is not going to end anytime soon. Like, I, so if, the, if this is not going to end anytime soon, kind of like, what are we doing here? What, strip over the title. It's fine. He gets a shot when he comes back. He's already making this into a storyline on Twitter. He'll come back, make it another storyline. You know, maybe you have a, you give the title to a baby face, and they lead up to Sami Zayn getting it back, and you put another guy over in the process. I guess I don't. I mean, I understand his character is the great liberator, and he's the guy who gets. You know, he's basically the guy that nobody cares about. You know, within the company, and he's got to do all these underhanded things to get the push. I understand that's his character, but it just feels a little bit. Wrong, and maybe as as you want to say, as we're all marks, I'm buying into the story, and that's the purpose of all this. But it just feels weird and wrong. The idea of and twofold, maybe because of what we spoke about last week with the whole time Roman Reigns thing. Roman Reigns goes home, and all of a sudden we haven't heard his name on TV since he's gone home. And this just feels like another example of a guy guy's not coming into work, so all of a sudden we're not we're we're going to take the title off him. And he's basically, you know, gone. But, Corey, he is gone. And there's no... He's not injured with a knee injury. He doesn't want to show up, which is absolutely his right, and I applaud him for not doing that, because of the coronavirus, which isn't going away. It's not like he has a torn ACL. He comes back six to nine months. We don't know if this is going to last another month, another two months, another three months. We have no idea. So, WWE... And listen, I read the WWE for a lot of things, and, and I have on this very podcast... But they have to do what's best for the company. And they don't know when Sami Zayn's going to come back. So for them to strip him of the title, have a tournament, put some other guys on the brand over, I mean, makes a lot of sense. Make the title actually kind of a little bit more relevant, maybe, by having a tournament. I don't know. I don't think it's a bad idea. I really don't. And Sami Zayn... This falls right into his character as well. Falls right into his character. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see where they go and who they put over as well. I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I just think it's a... And I know we're going around in circles, so I'll, I'll, I'll move it on into a second like, here. It doesn't seem like a good look. I get that. that that's it, just it, my it, general it, point. It, yeah, it doesn't seem like... A, it's, not, it's not a great look from the company standpoint, but I think they've got to do what they've got to do you know, them firing 30 people and then saying they don't have money. That's disgusting. You know what I mean? This is just, eh, you know, they had to do what they had to do. Yeah, my last point is we'll move on right now. I just think, I just wonder, for the people who are, and I don't, I'm not sure who is and who isn't sitting out right now because of uncomfortability, how many people are now going to, might now rush back who don't really feel like they need to or should 
after seeing the idea of a guy who has a title who they thought was getting pushed, the second that he says, I don't feel comfortable coming back, they take the title off him, don't give him a chance to see if, like, how they want to handle this. You know, just says, all right, we're just going to, on a random WWE backstage, all right, we're taking the title off him, and that's it. You know, you don't even do, like, on TV as, like, even, like, it's a storyline oh, oh. thing of, like, we're going to build up where... You know, you have it like as a segment on TV, as like you know, building up in like a storyline on the, your even television show. Yeah, you know? but but hold on, quite. I mean, we do this thing where we want to rip WWE. John Moxley couldn't defend the I, the, the uh, IWGP US title because mm-hmm. of a tsunami. Right, right. stripping over the title. Right. So I mean, it was a tsunami. You couldn't get there, and they still strip over the title. So, uh, and that's New Japan, the company you know with all the marks love. We're marks. We all love it. They're the greatest company ever. Right. So they did something that was, I don't want to say shady, but just it was surprising to me they, they stripped them of the title. I was surprised when I saw that. They've got to do what's best for them. WWE has to do what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I won't rip them for that. And you know what? Maybe it'll make SmackDown a little more watchable. Please. Hey, Please well, make it more watchable because it's, it's an awful show. Hey, let's, let's see where they go with this. And uh, let's hope for the best. I'm a little skeptical. Hopefully I'm right. And you have, a, you have a right to be. The shows haven't been good. And Otis is the money in the bank winner. Hey, let's, ho- let's hope they know more than we do. I doubt it. But, you know, Mitch McMahon's been doing this for a long time. Hopefully this is one of those that he gets right. But um, usually our, our best and most fun of the week talking about AW NXT. AW NXT both were down this week. I believe I read, I might be wrong in this, but I believe I read a little while ago that AW had its lowest rating yet. For um, for their uh, for the week, uh, you know, for uh, the week thirty three of the uh, the competition, I believe they had a six hundred and forty nine thousand to six hundred five thousand uh, views. News once again, you know, was the number one, basically all of the number one shows. I do wonder, Jay, you gotta tell me I'm crazy, but especially when it was on a digital platform, I do wonder if. Uh, UFC holding a fight night, you know, was a reason why the numbers were down. It was a show on ESPN+. Plus. I mean, the main event was Glover Teixeira, who was a former number one contender for the light heavyweight title. He says, for the hardcore fans, he is a known name. I don't know how much of an impact that was against the number. The, uh, the first show that they had back did apparently over 700,000 buys on pay-per-view. Yeah, but those shows don't start till 10 o'clock. Uh, it was on nine. The show started at nine. At nine. Okay. So what was, was the pre the pre fight the pre show was at eight? I believe so. So I mean, yeah, I so that, so that that's basically their whole yeah. And 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 just so you know, both both NXT and AEW were down big time. Yeah. Um, I mean, they both uh, cratered. So uh, AEW was down seventy eight thousand viewers, and NXT was down fifty nine thousand viewers. So AEW still won, but it wasn't much of a of a battle. So yeah, they both did poorly. And Corey, you're right. I mean, again, live sports is always going to trump pro wrestling. And so maybe that's kind of what happened here. People watch the pre, you know, I thought about watching UFC, but I kind of forgot about it. Basically I was going to watch it. And then I forgot about the time and AEW was starting, but it's definitely something I would have, I would have checked out. Um, you know, we're craving, we're craving live sports right now. So maybe, maybe that did take a, a bite out of the apple. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I, I do wonder what's going to happen, and we're 
forecasting a week and a half in advance, but next next Saturday when you when uh, on the twenty third when AEW goes back to pay per view, there's a there's a UFC show that's going to be on I believe ESPN, the, the mothership on that night for a free show. I wonder a live sporting event, how much that could you know affect people who might want to watch you know having to pay sixty dollars for an event. I mean we'll talk more about that you know next week. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, so I think that's going to be a, a, a definitely a um, longer conversation. I think you know our preview of Money in the Bank of, of Money in the Bank of, of Double or Nothing is going to be one thing, but how who's going to buy this thing? I think it's, it's going to be so interesting. So I'm really excited for that conversation next week. Absolutely, and then, like I said, and we'll get to the guy we were talking about in about 30 seconds here. But Mike Tyson was a guy that was mentioned. Not not heavily on the show, but it was mentioned and then became a major topic over the last you know twenty four hours when it came to social media and I don't know how much coverage it got on ESPN and uh, main network, but there was stuff on ESPN.com, CBS.com, uh, CBS you know, on Twitter and all these other places. It got a lot of, a lot of coverage, but Mike Tyson is going to be the guy presenting the the winner of the TNT championship. A guy who, when we were kids, he was the biggest mixed mar- not at the time, it wasn't called mixed martial arts, but for that, for boxing, he was the biggest star in the world. You know, I mean, it, in uh, WrestleMania 14, he's one of the main reasons why WWE turned around and won the war. You know, he was the big guy who was in that Stone Cold Steve Austin rise of, you know, he was the guy who got on the face when Austin became a super cool character. You know, he was at one time Iron Mike Tyson. I, I don't know what I don't know what is his impact in you know in a week and a half. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of become this like interesting cultural phenomenon. You know, there's this uh, shirt company called Roots of Fight. Uh, they've got Bret Hart, uh, Andre the Giant, Muhammad Ali, um, and a bunch of these guys like do shirts. Uh, they have a bunch of these guys who have shirts, and the shirts are pretty cool. They're incredibly expensive, which is why I don't have any. I haven't bought any. But is that what the Undertaker the was really, wearing? What'd you say? Was that what the Undertaker was wearing during his uh, special? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the shirts are really cool, but they're very expensive. They have a Mysterio shirt. The shirts are dope, but um, but a lot of people like The Rock. You always see a lot of guys wear the Iron Mike Tyson T-shirt. He's kind of taken on a a, a cultural. You know, a real, he's a real part of the culture. You know, he was in the hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he was a, he's been a real part of, of things that have gone on. I, I, you know, in 2020 now, I mean, I don't know. The thing is, I guess, th- there's two questions. Is he relevant? And is he going to get them more pay-per-view buys? Is he relevant? Yeah, I think so. I think people are like, you know, holy shit, Mike Tyson, blah, blah, blah. We remember him, blah, blah, blah. Is he going to bring them more pay-per-view buys? I don't think so. I mean, he's not involved in an angle. He hasn't been on TV. I mean, to run up to the Shawn Michaels-Steve Austin match, you know, in the WrestleMania years ago, like, he was a big part of the storyline. And he's just, you know, he's going to present the title, and that's going to be it. Do you really think that's what, do you really think that's all he's going to do? Well, it doesn't matter, right? It's... What have we seen him on TV do? Wrestling's about building up. Wrestling's about storylines. 
Um, so it's great that he's going to be there, but what the hell is he going to do when he's there? So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think they've really built him up to the point where he might do something. So, you know, that's part of the reason why, like, I mean, I don't think he's going to, I don't think more people are going to buy the pay-per-view because of him. Let's put it that way. That's just my opinion. Who knows? People might be curious. But if he was on TV for a couple of weeks, I know that, you know, you mentioned before the show, they've been doing like, he's been doing workout videos where he looked great. You know, they would have showed those. But like, you know, there's been no buildup. He's just going to be on the show. So, you know, I don't know. Doesn't mean much. Doesn't mean much for me. And I don't think it'll be much, mean much for the casual fan. I do wonder, like I said, I think they have, because they have another, because sh- the one thing that, because I think this is very two-sided they're gonna, here. They're going to fly him in with coronavirus. And he's going to, they're going to fly him in. He's going to test. Hopefully he's negative. Hope to God. Then they're going to fly him in again Saturday for the pay-per-view and then test him again and spend all that money. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, here's, what's he, what's he going to do? What's his storyline going to be? Hey, guys, I'm presenting the title. Hey, what's, what, what? He's not a special enforcer. He's not the referee. Isn't he just literally presenting the belt? Well, if you, here's, here's the thing that's interesting. I, a couple of sides on here is the idea of I think they're going to go and I think there's a good chance he'll be on the show this uh, next Wednesday because they have one show before for the pay-per-view. I think he might be on the show or they'll do some sort of highlight package to promote mm-hmm. to promote him on showing, you know, the bad, how bad of an ass he is. You know, the fact that, you know, he was known at one time as the baddest man on the planet. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's amazing. So they're going to do a promo package on him presenting a title. What sense does that make? You're promoting the guy who's going to be there. He's, he... Everyone knows who the fuck Mike Tyson is. Everybody knows who Mike Tyson is. They want to know what he's going to do there. Everybody knows he's he's Mike Tyson. I'm trying not to curse as much on the podcast. Everybody knows who Mike Tyson is. Even if you're like a kid, you know who Mike Tyson is. So they're going to do this. And, and he's also like 50 or 60 now. 50, so they're going to show these videos of him knocking people out in the 80s. And people are going to be like, oh. I want to really see him present a title to somebody. That's exciting. Like, I don't. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but but so but here's the thing, though. I'm just trying to put, put, bring this out here, though. I think that they'll most likely have him. You know, they'll show some sort of highlight mm-hmm. package of the things things that have been going out on Instagram and Twitter over the last you know three or four days. They'll go and he might even be there on next week's show, and maybe get into some sort of confrontation maybe with someone maybe like an mjf or why is he getting in a confrontation when he's presenting a title doesn't make, doesn't make any because sense you'll have because you, know, you could have some sort of a cocky heel who goes he's washed up why is this guy going to be here like something you know some almost like what you're saying the idea of who cares about this guy who's some washed up 53 year old who's taking the spotlight away from us young guys who are who are the now you know where you, you have something where you could build up where there could be some sort of confrontation but of like you know why is this guy here stealing my you know my shine of like a, a basically you know like an MJF MJF's not even in a tournament he's not he he he's wrestling someone else I understand but that's the cockiness of like an MJF character but and then like I said and you're I think that you're gonna have but here's the other part of this and we'll move on to the other part I think though it's more to me it's more like I get what you're saying Corey and in theory what you're saying is not bad. If MJF was in the match, that'd be one thing. Even if even if Tyson punches him out during the pay per view, I get that too. But I 
the the logical sense to me on how they're going to put that all together and why anyone cares doesn't does it doesn't make sense because right like i i mean I, i'm it would not surprise me if mjf is 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 involved in the pay-per-view with cody rhodes and then mike tyson punches him out that that does not surprise me at all but again is that selling people on a pay-per-view and what's he going to do on Wednesday that's going to be enough to say, oh, I got to order this pay-per-view because Mike Tyson's on there. Well, that's what they, that's what they have to do in the next in week one, and a half. In one week? I mean, listen, AEW's been tremendous. They've done some great stuff. I mean, selling, selling this in one week is... It's going to be tough. I'm not disagreeing with you, but here's the, other, here's the other part of this and move on right after this. If they had done this... With four days before the pay-per-view, you bring in Mike Tyson, and you're like, oh, sh- oh my God, Tyson's here. All right, four days to build. But with two weeks, I'm sorry, the week and a half before Tyson's there, there's, all, there's a chance that this could backfire on them, where Mike Tyson has helped his reputation over the last 15 or 20 years post his, his problems with the, with the rape charges and the trial. But there's also, with the idea of Mike Tyson being back in the media, you can have groups that could boycott. Maybe you tell me I'm crazy here, but all, whenever you have celebrities who do things, there's always the, the chance that a lot of organizations come, could come out and his, his, his unfavorable actions of the past could come back and haunt a company, you know, and people find out he's going to be there, you know? I mean, I mean in, in 2020, you know, you're not, you're not off on that. Me too I mean, movement and everything else. I mean, but I mean, and then the and then the other part of this is the fact that you just had an interview with Tony Khan with the AEW un, un, unfiltered or unrestricted. I forgot the name of the podcast is where he just said that the company is losing millions of dollars. I, I know they're billionaires, so they have as m- more than enough money to lose. But do you think he's coming in cheap? The guy is most likely owes a lot of money in uh, over the years of of amount of money he's lost. He I'm sure he's not working for cheap. You're losing a ton of money. You really think Mike Mike Tyson is coming in for? You know, I know he's a huge wrestling fan. You think he's coming in for no money? I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I mean, you're the one telling me I, that. I, I, here's, this, here's the thing: Are you asking? It? Are you asking? Should they have brought him in? Um, that's. I mean, you know. I mean, I'm kind of agreeing they, with your point slightly here, but I'm just saying. I don't know. Is this a good look? A bad look? Does this work? I mean, this is this is the ultimate idea. No crowd, no fans. You're not making any revenue here. Does Mike Tyson equal pay per view buys in 2020? No, I, don't I don't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. So if he doesn't, so. then this is a waste of money. Unless this is, you know, the fact that and I'll be the first one to say I work for CBS Television. All all cards the table. I work for CBS Television, which is owned by Viacom. Viacom, I believe, still owns part of TNT. TNT is own, you know, owns uh, the Cartoon Network. He's, I believe, uh, he still has a show on the Cartoon Network. Some sort of uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike T. Mike Tyson has a cartoon that he has on the Good on man. the on the network. So I mean, there might be some might be some sort of barter deal I mean, I mean, where it's promotion that's, and that's, stuff. That, I mean, that's quite a connection, but I mean, I guess it's possible. It's possible. So I don't know I, all those things here. So this might the, be not, it, you know. So here's the thing. It's not my it's not my money. It's not your money. Is it worth it? Why not? Who knows? Maybe it'll be something. Maybe it won't. I think your point that makes the that's maybe the more most interesting is these groups coming out and really protesting against them. However, he's been in WWE. 
He's uh, has his own show. He has apparently a show. He's on social media. I, I I don't know. I mean, we're here. You know, I don't want to get into the conviction and all that stuff, but it sounds like there's a lot of controversy sure. surrounding that. And so, I, I think he's kind of turned turned himself around, his reputation around. So I don't know if we'll see groups, you know, going nuts. I mean, Vic, you know, murdered a bunch of dogs and then came back to the NFL, and people mm-hmm. protested, and they still had the games, right? right? So, will people protest? Maybe. Will they still have the show? Sure. Will it hurt buys because people are like, oh, Mike Tyson's on? No. Will it help? No. I think it'll probably be, you know, a steady effect. But the one thing we have to realize. With AEW, they, they with their pay per view, they wanted to seem like a big show, and there's gonna be nobody there, so they need to have it seem like a big show, and one of the ways you do that is by having Mike Tyson on there. So I get where they're at; they can't just make it seem like this is just, you know, not just an ordinary show, um, not just a you know AEW dynamite. So I get the idea of having them on there. So it's a, you know, a, I don't I don't think it's a risk that's gonna be. A disaster. I think it'll be fine. Do I think it'll help them sell pay-per-views? No. Do I think it's something that is not a bad idea? No, I don't think it's a bad idea either. Yeah, like I said, we'll see. And like I said, I think it's a good discussion. We'll talk about it mostly more. We'll see how the mainstream media, if they pick up on the story. Like I said, you know, Jericho has been on podcasts. Like Rich, he was on the Rich Eisen show last week. And, you know, Rich Eisen is, you know, was talking glowingly about AEW recently and so they get mainstream, you know, talk about the company here and there. So that's good. And we'll see if the Tyson thing helps get interest in the week leading up to the show. But let's let's talk about some other things that were positives and negatives from AEW NXT this week. Return of In Your House. Any uh, any thoughts on, do you think this makes uh, NXT feel any more relevant in the empty era, uh, arena era? It will be a Sunday show. Does it matter? Any fond memories of uh, In Your House? What, no, what the In Your Houses were horrible. <laughs> they weren't a good. It wasn't a good show. They were good pay-per-views, um, and also I did not watch them because I couldn't. I didn't have cable uh, for a long time, so I never even like watched the in your house pay-per-views. But having watched them back, mm-hmm. they were not great shows. So um, it was a good concept at the time. I mean, I've watched a couple in your houses, but I wasn't watching them like every month or whatever. I couldn't right. afford the, what thirty-five bucks a month. Black boxes um, were amazing. What'd you say? The black boxes were amazing. Yeah, there you go. Did not have one of those. I know, I know like everybody in New York City did, but um, no, I, I think it's you know what? This is the time where you throw stuff against the wall and see what works. Um, obviously, you know, in your house, they're playing off of you being in the house, and so I think there's that kind of interplay. And I applaud NXT for like, let's try something different. Let's see if this works. Let's let's do something different and see what happens. So. I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, and, you know, obviously they didn't have TakeOver. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea to try it. Do a, a Sunday event, Sunday what, Sunday afternoon or whatever. I think it's actually, like, kind of cool to do an event at that time. People will be home. Obviously, we're home all the time. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it'll be interesting to... I think it also all depends on what matches are on the show. I mean, if you got Cross versus Ciampa, you've got, you know... Um, if it's got a big show feel, it'll be cool. If it's, you know, some of the matches that we saw, you know, this week, I don't... I'm not going to care who's a... If it's in your house, takeover, or just, a, you know... But, Corey, but, here's, but here's a question. Whether it's a takeover quality show or whether it's a NXT on Wednesday show. 
Will you not be watch? Will you be watching it? Well, I watch everything. I do this podcast. <laughs> you know? Would you be watching it if you were not doing the podcast? Right now, I, I, what did I say? Well, come on, NXT has been pretty solid. And stuff. it's not, you know. And I was going to say this earlier, and a lot of people have been said this about. And I, and I want to get your opinion on this. A lot of people said last night's show was a lot more fun, and I wasn't sure what people meant by that. Did you feel that way that NXT last night was a lot more fun than usual? Well, listen, I, listen, and I'm gonna throw this out there. Mm-hmm. That Riddle Thatcher match was awesome, and I lo- because I love matches like that. It's so different from the indie athletes, drop kicks, flips, poison ranas, all these crazy moves. It was a real mat based. It was match. Like, it felt like almost like an MMA match. Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I absolutely I loved everything about that match. Um, probably one of my favorite TV matches of the year. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved it. So, I don't know. I thought I, I enjoyed it. Um, was it a fun show? Um, I don't know. Because, like, people were I, I saying it was a it was, fun show, and I didn't really I understand why. More, I don't know that it was any more fun than usual. I, I think it was kind of a, I think it was kind of a, a typical solid NXT show. I know they tried to do the, um, the Brady Bunch thing with the Undisputed Era, which I thought was extremely corny, but I mean, they tried some different things. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're, you know, they're doing more vignettes. They're trying different things. You know, maybe that's maybe that's a part of, of kind of what they're doing. What's going on? And I thought some of that stuff worked. I thought some of it didn't. I mean, I thought the thing they the the, uh, the promo package they did with uh, Reina Gonzalez and. Um, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. I thought that was. I mean, I I thought that was actually something they should have done most likely maybe a month or so ago. You know, when they start, when they first got together. But I thought that was a really well done package. I I thought that once again, and I think this is a really really good thing. The stuff they've been doing with the Garganos, with the whole type thing with almost like the mirror universe, where all of a sudden they go to black and white, and you know what they're and they actually what they're really thinking. I think those promos have been really good. I like the idea that they're building with the Mia, that basically the couples are facing each other, Mia Yim and Keith Lee versus Gargano and the, uh, the, Candace, uh, the LeRae. Candace LeRae. I, I was thinking the Poison Pixie. I actually think it's a pretty cool uh, nickname for her. I mean, I thought that stuff really worked well. I mean, I didn't, besides the uh, besides the main event, I didn't love the, the wrestling on the show. I didn't think it was a great wrestling show like most weeks have been. But I, I like the show. I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if, like, if I thought it was a, a fun show compared to other weeks, but I thought it was a good, solid show. I thought, I thought you were going to say people thought it wasn't as good of a show. No, no, I, but um, so that so that that's interesting too. The main, the main event was awesome. Oh, the main event was really good. But yeah, no, I enjoyed the show. Um, you know, I, I enjoy I enjoyed the show. I, I'd say more than AEW. Yeah, definitely enjoyed it more than AEW. Really, I um, I loved AEW this week. I thought AEW really did a good the job. The problem is that main event with Christopher Daniels and Luke. You have a main event where you know what the winner's going to be, and Luke Harper basically beat him up the whole time. It wasn't much of a main event for me. I, I thought as an overall, I thought as an overall show, it was a better show. Mm, the four-way match was clunky. I thought the four-way match, but I think the four-way match built to other matches. You know, I think that's what yeah, they so, did. Uh, what are they building to? She does already. Oh, with the with the Britt Baker. I, it's fine that they they are good at storytelling. But we're we're saying was the match good? I don't think the match was good. But here, it, but the, it, it, it accomplished what it was supposed to put Sheeta over, who's been a number one contender for like three months. For eleven she weeks, yeah. Had a shot. I have no idea. But well, be, now she will. Well, because the uh, native beast 
has been in quarantine. She wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you know, Britt Baker obviously turned up. But also, why did Britt Baker, why is she going after Statlander when she does the one who broke her nose? So that's also kind of, eh, I don't know. I, I know you liked it. I didn't, I didn't really care for the four-way match so much. Well, I say I'll make this quick, which I never do. But um, I really like the idea that almost I think pretty much everything on that show led to the stories that were going to happen at the pay per view. You know, I just think that that when, doesn't mean the matches were good. I didn't say the matches were good or bad. I'm saying that the quality of what you did. One of the things that you said when we first came back doing this show, which and maybe I got this wrong, and if I do, I apologize off the top here. But one of the problems that you, at least what I think you said when AEW returned, was that the show was a good show and it was fine, but it wasn't building things properly. You know, and I think what they're doing now is they're building stories better. They're building the ideas of one thing matters to the next. And you have a pay-per-view that's a rush, and I fully agree, it's a rush job pay-per-view. If they had their way, and I think they should, and we both agree, just like WWE should be not be doing pay-per-views right now, and but they have to, I guess, in order to make people happy with, you know, people who are, you know, they got to do the show, they are at least making the idea of, you know, shouldn't happen right now, Moxley versus Brody Lee has to happen. They're building the idea of this is momentum of this happening. The idea of the four-way built to two matches. The idea of this built to this. You know, these things built to the next step. The idea of that opening segment. I thought that was corny as all hell, the idea of Cody coming in, being a mock Stone Cold Steve Austin with his truck. I thought, you know, that, but I thought the brawl itself, I thought, was well done. All those things built to the idea of interest in the pay-per-view. I don't disagree with that. That doesn't mean, that doesn't make it a better show to me than NXT was. Okay. I th- I, and I'm not, it wasn't, it wasn't SmackDown or Raw. It was a better show than that. But I just, you know, again, we're comparing the two shows. And I thought, and I think a lot of times, and NXT was better for the most part. I think AEW's really turned it around. I just think this wasn't one of their better shows. I think it was a little clunky. I thought some of the storylines were a little corny. Um, I didn't like everything they did, but it was still a very, you know, it was a fun, watchable show for sure. Okay. Um, any other uh, major topics you want to get to before our usual uh, breaking down of most likely the best thing that we saw all week? Well, there's two things. Um, you want? To, are we going over the Road Warriors or the Undertaker first? Uh, I was gonna go with. Uh, I was actually gonna go with Undertaker and then and then the Road Warriors. But uh, let's go. All right. So we have the first of our five part five part series of the WWE Network, the the last ride of the Undertaker, which. Um, I thought it was a really good, solid first episode. It was the first half. First half hour was super depressing. Um, I thought it was a really interesting look on a guy whose career he knows is over, but the pressures of still trying to be a character, you know, the character of The Undertaker and the idea of the opening access of a guy whose most important thing was protect, you know, basically protecting the business. And him saying the words, it's something that we've spoken on the podcast on and off the air on the first run of this show and since we've been back on the idea of watching his matches now is kind of uncomfortable and we don't really want to see him. You know, and the idea of Watching him, him walk was uncomfortable during the documentary. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... And the idea of him saying, you know, watch, you know, t- having your, you know, someone's father saying back, you know, 20 years ago, son, this was, this was The Undertaker and now seeing me wrestle is, you know, something you just, you've heard about. And then, you know, watching it, 
I felt like the guy that he was talking about. I'm going to tell my son or daughter, you know, that back in the day, this is who he used to be. You know, I mean, it was it was a hard watch at times that first half. As yeah, it went on, it got yeah. you know, it got better. I mean, it was a it was a great insight into the be- what happens backstage. I mean, that. Or whole- did you think that he was a little? I mean, you you mentioned it right where he talked about how he felt about um, who he was in the past and and who he is now and stuff. I I felt like he came off as almost a little delusional. Right? A little bit, like, yeah. Like, where he talked about how, like, you know, he was and, and how he is. It's like, dude, if you're limping to the ring, if your hip is gone. Um, that Reigns match was awful. And I know they're going to get to that in the next episode. That's kind of part of what they're going back to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I felt to a certain extent that he wasn't, I don't want to say delusional. That, that's probably not the right way word. But he was not being honest with himself and who he was. And I don't want to say that it's a money grab and whatever, because whatever money you can get in this world, by any means, you know, not by any means, but any money you can get in this world, legally or whatever, if you're a hustler, go get, go, go do what you got to do. I don't hate on people for that, other than being a scumbag to other people. But, and he didn't do that, right? He just, he was, Vince McMahon wanted him to wrestle, so he said he's still going to keep wrestling. Um, and he's going to pay him handsomely to do it, obviously. I don't know. Maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe it was, I feel like I still have to. Maybe it was, I, I still feel like I have it. Maybe it was, you know, like AJ says, he needs money from Michelle McCool. I don't know. But um, they didn't get into, I, he basically said, I can't, I come back because Vince wants me to come back. Um, and that, I mean, that, it, it sounds like his allegiance to Vince is really, really, really strong, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. And other people have talked about that. Ed just talked about his big allegiance to Vince when um, he was going to come back before, uh, a, you know, before because AEW offered him a deal. So it is interesting. These people have these allegiances to Vince. But again, Vince made Edge's career. He made Undertaker's career, obviously. I don't know. I, I just felt like the Undertaker was really lying to himself during this. Now, um, I'm sorry. No, go, so no, now, go so that, was, that was my one really, really big takeaway from it. So, not, so that was the first half of the uh, first half hour. And then you had the, the, I think it was the edge, edge line where he said, you know, made the comparison to, to your, former, your former quarterback, the guy who I think was the reason why you're a fan of the, you know, the Green Bay Packers, you know, Brett, you know seeing that the very end of his career, Brett Favre, you know, in a, in, what was it, in, a, in a Vikings uniform throwing that last touchdown, you know, just being there at the very end. Well, it's more about like, like sometimes you still have it and then sometimes you really, really don't. Right. So but, that, that comparison, yeah. Right. But then the second half, where he's talking about the, you know, when he was talking about the Brock match, and he basically didn't remember any of the match, and with the concussions and everything else, and we've, I know we've seen stuff about this for when it comes to football players and, and pro athletes, but the the access that we got in regards to that, it was just, I mean, yeah, we've heard a thousand times athletes talk about it, especially with Chris Nowitzki talking about the research he's done and you know the stuff that we saw recently with the great documentary, and we'll talk about it, Dark Side of the Ring, in a minute, with Chris Benoit. But the idea of how he did not remember anything from that match, and there's like basically that whole entire remainder of that day he didn't remember, that was just like, why is anybody a professional wrestler? I mean, look at Christian retired from concussions. Daniel Bryan retired from concussions, came back. Mm-hmm. Edge broke his neck a couple times, came back. 
you know, these guys, listen, wrestling's choreographed. It's scripted. These guys put their bodies on the line, right? They really put their bodies on the line. Um, so, yeah, now, that part is real. These guys putting their bodies on the line is real. And why Undertaker wants to keep coming back, I think I hope they get more into that because I'm, I don't know, it's still a mystery to me. He's walking out there with half a hip. Uh, his body's broke to shit. He doesn't look, he, I mean, I think it was the Reigns match. He he did not look in good shape at all. You know, he had a big belly. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, like I said, part part two will be uh, this Sunday coming up. I, I think it's the next three, uh, the next two weeks. Then there's a break. And, uh, and I think, like, middle of June, the last two episodes will be. Next, uh, next week, well, I guess, will be the results of this match, of, of why he decided to come back. It is interesting. The one thing at the end, at least it appears the idea that he was retiring at the end of this match when he put the, the gloves and the, the jacket and the hat in the ring. That was supposed to be the end. So giving the rub to Roman Reigns was how that was supposed to be the end of it. That is an interesting thing I de- uh, that I don't know if we when, we... when we were doing the show at that time, I don't know if our aspect on that was that we thought this was the it end. It seemed like I, I, watching that WrestleMania, that horrible match, yeah. I thought he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I thought that was it. You know, so I did think that that was it, but... Yeah, it's interesting you know, that, you know... A couple of Saudi Arabia shows later, <laughs> there we go. A couple of zillion dollars later. Um, so but so what's your, uh, your thoughts going into the next, you know, basically month and a half of these shows? Are you super interested, you know, yes. on where this I, goes? And Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, again, I'm a, a school counselor... And, um, you know, I deal in psychology every day, uh, not so much now with the pandemic, but, um, you know, when I was in school dealing with the kids and psychology to me is so interesting and, um, dealing with a guy who is, you know, where he is in his career now, um, I think is a really, really interesting thing. And so I'm fascinated by, you know, the next episode they previewed, they showed him watching the Reigns match and being upset about it and he's done some interviews where he said he was like really horrified watching the match and how bad he was how he felt like his performance was i should say during it and he was disappointed for reigns during it so you know i don't know i think um it's going to be interesting to see his psychology how he kind of tells himself that he could still do it i think that's going to be the interesting thing like how why are you still doing this when it's clear that you don't have it anymore um, you know, how do you keep yourself motivated? Um, you know, is it a financial thing? Is it a, I think I still got it. Is it a, you know, they've talked about how these athletes lie to themselves and they tell themselves they still have and undertake. You could say what, you know, whatever wrestling's fake or whatever. He's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been a great performer for a long time. So it could be a case of him lying to himself a little bit. So I don't know. It'll be very, very interesting to see how things play out for the next uh, couple episodes. Yeah, super interesting first episode. Super interesting idea of where this goes, and it'll be very interesting to see how this is cut to make you know the WWE look good or bad. And that's one thing yeah. I will. Res- we're moving on to moving on right now, but it's very interesting that they did, really didn't seem like they really didn't whitewash making the company look you know super good or bad. Where because you know they could have gotten rid of all the stuff when it came to the stuff with the concussions. 
uh, you know, with The Undertaker not remembering anything from that night, you know? Other documentaries, there's always, a lot of times, uh, people will say that the WWE does not allow themselves to ever look bad, you know, everything is always on a WWE point of view, and I, I give them credit, at least on the early going, that they didn't have to go and let, let that stay in with the idea of, you know, Undertaker basically saying, you know, he, ha he doesn't remember something that happened in a match in WWE, so at least yeah, I give them credit yeah, on that. they also made Vince look like. You know, God, the best, the best guy. Oh no, yeah, right, no, true. Well, that too. You know, so I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, interesting to see where they go next. Absolutely. So, and now I'll say the better of the two documentaries, and uh, the maybe this. It's weird. Every week, I feel like I'm about to say the second best documentary of the season, and of course, the Chris Benoit is the best one still so far. And next week's might be the best because of its because you know my love for Owen Hart. But the uh, the final days of of the of the Road Warriors, another great outing from Viceland. Viceland is just so good at these documentaries. I think you know what I think it is. This one, unlike the Herb Abrams one, which is all over the fucking place, yeah. it was all over the place. This documentary was concise. It had a timeline. Um, you could follow the story. You could follow where these guys were. You could follow how things kind of fell apart. I think it was really, really a much more concise story. And they could have gone an hour and a half. They could have gone two hours. They could have gone into more things. But I think they did a really good job with the time they had. Unlike some of the other documentaries where it's like, man, they, I, I feel like I've missed, I got a Wikipedia some of this because I've missed out on stuff. I think it was a really concise documentary where they really got all the important information in. They even put over how much of a wrestling kind of hotbed Minnesota was, right. uh, you know, for, for pro wrestlers with Scott Norton and Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect or whatever we know about the AWA. So I think they did a, a really nice job of that. Talking about talking to Hawk's family, you know, talking to animal. I, I thought it was really, really good. Even talking about those last days with draws and the LOD 2000 and how much of a disaster that was. I thought it was awful. Um, and, and, you know, LOD, Road Warriors thought it was awful, too. So even how they came up with their gimmick and their character and the spikes. I, I just thought it was very, very comprehensive uh, how they did stuff. And unlike New Jack, where they're focused on, here's the New Jack incident where he almost killed a 16-year-old. Like, I, I don't give Talk to me more about him and who he is and, and what his story is. Um, and I think they really did that. They didn't stick to, let's give you stories these big long stories they did a comprehensive deep dive into who the road warriors were and kind of you know and again these things always end up with someone dying unfortunately but um really really compelling they were my favorite um tag team in the 80s other than midnight express um so uh, i was a huge huge fan of theirs and it was real and you know i heard this about hawks it, there wasn't a lot of new information necessarily um, but there was a lot of good information in there, and I thought it was really, really well done. You know, something that you this was this was an interesting one. On the this was the first time really that I could think of. You didn't have like the regular players in this though. You didn't have the Jim Rosses, the uh, Jim Cornettes. You know, you had in most of these, and both these guys were in the uh, the A the uh, NWA and Georgia. You know, like you said, you know, you had the Midnight, Midnight Express. When it came to uh, the you know Jim Cornette, you know you would have thought some of these guys might have been part of it. And one of the big ones is the idea that you know the WWE is not involved, where you didn't have Hawks. I mean, uh, Animal's brother John Laurinaitis, 
you know, he basically doesn't exist in this whole entire documentary because, you know. Well, I don't, yeah, and I, you know what? And I you didn't need him. Oh, no, him, you know? no, I know, it's just funny I that you I loved Paul Ellering in it. Oh, he was, when he read off the thing in the eulogy. Yeah. Oh, boy, he was, trem and he was tremendous. Like, maybe that's where they should go, right? Instead of doing this thing where they knew 18 billion people, interview three people who were, who had intimate, deep knowledge of it. They interviewed Animal. They interviewed Paul Ellering. They interviewed Scott Norton, who knew them at the time. They interviewed Hawk's family. They didn't do 18 million interviews. And I like that. They stuck with who knows these people that who knows these people the best? That's who we're gonna talk to. We're not gonna do like the brawl for all where it was basically Russo and Cornette fighting during the documentary. Like I like I don't I don't care about that. I wanna know about these subjects and what happened. And um and I think they did a really, really good job with, with the Road Warriors of, of going through that. Paul Ellering, how broken up he was. Um, you know, uh, Animal and, and his rela his relationship with Animal and how they didn't get along and, and you know, their, their sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I thought it was really, really great. And maybe that's for next season. Maybe they need to do a little bit more of that. We don't need to interview 15 million people. I don't need to hear Vince Russo again. I, I totally agree. Cornet again. We know he's an historian. I get it. We don't need him put over put over the business again. Maybe stick to having people who have intimate, intimate knowledge, who booked the show, who are close relatives, who were tag teams of the person, and you stick with those people. And that's kind of where you go. I, I, I agree. That's a great point. I mean, uh, I thought the documentary was top notch. Once again, it was uh, got really good ratings. Uh, was, I believe it was once again the broke the record of being the, the second highest watched episode in the series. Next week we've got the se uh, season finale with Owen Hart, which I think might do. It could possibly even do better than Chris Benoit. Due to the fact of you know, there's so much stuff that people don't know about Owen Hart, and I don't know if they'll have stuff from Martha Hart, his uh, his wife who, you know, has kind of stayed silent because of her hatred for the WWE. I don't know how much they'll have regards, maybe possibly with her. You know, is such it only going to be an hour? I think, it's it I think it's only an hour. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, there's been a ton of stuff because I think it's like the 20th anniversary was last year of his death. So, I mean, there's really a lot of interesting stuff that might come out in re result of that. Um, I wish we had more time, possibly next week, Jay, something to think about. I wanted to talk about, you know, because it was such a big thing, and with AEW doing such a great job with tag teams, I want you to think about this hopefully next week. We'll have some time to talk about, you know, the great tag teams on how in the 80s, 90s, when the uh, Road Warriors were around, how maybe some of your favorite tag teams of that time. We'll talk maybe more about that, you know, next week when we have some more time. But, uh, Jay, uh, we've reached the end of our time for this week. Uh, let everybody know. Once again, how they can follow us on the uh, on the interweb with you know Twitter and everything else. Interweb, yeah. Um, we are at Worked Shoot Pod, W R O K E D Shoot Pod, all one word. Um, we tweet the shows. We try to live tweet uh, wrestling shows if we can. We put up articles. Try to share our opinion on things. We're both on there, so it kind of represents both of us. It's interesting. Sometimes Corey will get a retweet. I'm like, what the hell did he tweet? I'm like, oh, that's that's not bad. So. Uh, we're both on there. Represents both of us. Uh, we're on Facebook. Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Check us out there, uh, and check us out on iTunes. Again, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Leave us a review on iTunes. We will read it on the air. Thanks. 
Speaking of, we got a five-star uh, review on iTunes this past week. LFG. Uh, five-star podcast. Best wrestling podcast I've heard. Uh, so glad Workshoot is back recording new episodes again. These guys know their stuff. Thoughtful look inside everything wrestling. J.E. underscore 1985. So, uh, J.E., thank you for the support. And I, thought, I thought it was going to be uh, S.B., uh, my wife, Sharon <laughs> Brooks. <laughs> very but, nice. No, that's awesome. Thank, thank you very much for the love. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, on that note, uh, our other plug that we always do, uh, check out every Wednesday, uh, You Don't Know Jackie podcast, uh, new podcast every week, just like us. And uh, Jason, I think think you should as always have the last word as i can barely speak the language at this point i think we're done here see ya